Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. Lee Stranahan, thank you. It was a privilege for me to meet you last weekend. You're tuned into Radio Stranahan. And now, here's your presenter, Lee Stranahan. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Lee Stranahan, Radio Stranahan. More wonderful Blog Talk Radio tech problems. I don't know, is it Blog Talk Radio or is it Skype? It's hard to say. I'm now calling in from my landline, which is really my mobile line, because I don't have a landline. How you doing today, Lee Stranahan? Welcome to Radio Stranahan. I think I'm on. Am I on? It's really hard to tell. And I'm sure this is great radio, by the way. I'm sure this is fascinating radio for you. Got a big show today. Brandon Darby will be on later. Talking about the Mexican border. Oops, that was me. Cheek dialing my phone. It was not me censoring myself. Brandon Darby will call. Oh, my goodness. There we go. Let me stop that. Brandon Darby will be calling in. Hey, one second. Let me get my lovely assistant, Shane. Shane, see if you can get this going. We've been having uh, internet problems. Actually, I am not at my secret home studio location right now. Just try to refresh this. I'm doing tech support with myself. Try to refresh this page to see if it refreshes. Because I can't actually tell if I'm on. That's exciting. And the dashboard isn't working. A lot of internet problems. But... Big show. Let me let me just talk about stuff that's going on. Let's start by just talking about the news events. Big earthquake, 6.9, nearly a 7.0 earthquake off the coast of California. It was 100 miles in the ocean in Humboldt County. And the earthquake was so big, they say that the people there, even though it was 100 miles away, people there felt a rolling sensation and then a shock. But, of course, it's Humboldt County, so they feel that way anyway. That's sort of a normal daily occurrence there. So it's hard to say what's going on. Now, on a more on a more serious – that was a marijuana joke, by the way, in case you – for those of you taking notes at home, that's what that was. Now, uh, uh, let's talk about something more serious. It's a lot more serious, but it's interesting. I'm going to pick up on what I was saying yesterday about fake news. Um so heard a report today, was listening to NPR, their five-minute newscast, something I recommend, by the way. I listen to NPR, the BBC, and Fox News. They all have these short five-minute or under podcast with the headlines of the day. And I don't care whether you're on the left or right. That gives you a nice mix of news. And it's interesting to see what headlines they cover and the way that they cover them. That's always interesting. So on NPR, National Public Radio, tax, your state radio, radio, not so free, America. On NPR, they were talking about how – I'm having a sip of water, by the way. This is like day 10 that I'm off co- – I've kicked coffee. 
and all other beverages. I was talking about this on Periscope the other night. It's part of my diet, so allow me to have a sip of water. Hang on. Ah, refreshing. Clear. Water. It's good for you. By the way, today's show is brought to you by water. I should talk about the sponsorship thing, but let me come back to that. So I was listening to the NPR, and they talked about how U.S. troops in Mosul, uh, the vacation capital of Iraq, it's okay. of course Mosul, Iraq is not don't don't vacation there. That's my advice. But they said the U.S. Uh, forces attacked a church there. They attacked a church, and that the uh, church that they attacked. The reason they did it is because ISIS forces, they were assisting Iraqi forces, combating ISIS. Oh, forgive me. It wasn't a church. It was a hospital. Forgive me. I'm misspeaking. Could have, it, could, it could have been a church. could have been a church hospital. St. Luke's of Mosul, possibly. But no, it was a hospital. And they said that the reason U.S. Tr- uh, forces, I don't know if it was troops. I don't know if we have, I don't know if it was boots on the ground or people in boots on the ground, or planes, or people with boots in planes. I'm not really sure of the complete makeup. But we did attack the hospital. Now, I am not, uh, if you you think you know where I'm going with this, you don't. Because if you think I'm going to criticize us for attacking a hospital, you're wrong. What I'm going to point out is the hypocrisy. Here's the hypocrisy. A few days ago, the Russians in Syria attacked a hospital in Aleppo. In fact, I think this may have been yesterday. I'm old and my memory doesn't work well sometimes, but this may have actually been yesterday where Russia attacked a hospital in Aleppo, Syria, and Barack Obama and the United States decided to criticize Russia for attacking the hospital. And by the way, who was, who was Russia fighting in Syria? It's Al-Qaeda forces who've taken over. It's ISIS and Al-Qaeda forces who've taken over Aleppo. You see the problem here? Here's what I'm saying. If you're fighting ISIS and they hide in a hospital, we all know about the term human shields, right? So if they're using a hospital as a form of building shield. Oh, you, you can't get us. We're in a hospital. You're not supposed to attack the hospital. That's what they're doing, right? That's exactly what they're doing. What they're doing is they're using the hospital as a way to avoid attacks. Well, my theory is attack them there, right? And I don't care who does it. I don't care if it's – this is the way ISIS is playing the game in that war. This is what they're doing. Does that make sense? Again, my goal here every day is to make you smarter. So one of the things I want you to realize is the hypocrisy of the way we deal with that war. And it is hypocritical. I want you to realize the hypocrisy of the way we deal with that war in Syria, where if the Russians are attacking ISIS in Aleppo, the Russians are the bad guys. But if we're attacking ISIS in Iraq, we're the good guys. And here's what I'm saying. If you're attacking ISIS, you're a good guy, insofar as that you're a good guy, because ISIS is the bigger threat. And in fact, ISIS is certainly the bigger threat than Russia right now. And I could do a whole thing, and I should at some point, about 
the way we've treated Russia in the past few months. It's very interesting. And again, I'm not an apologist for Russia, but it was ridiculous. What the Democrats were doing with Russia was ridiculous and bizarre. You know, it's interesting. The Democrats liked the Russians when when they were just communists. When, When they were purely communist, the liberal establishment and not even the Democrats. Look, we're in a completely different era now. There was a point when Democrats did not like communists. That's kind of changed in the past couple of decades. But we're at a point now where when Russia is no longer communist, that's the issue. So let me talk about fake news. And this is a good segue, actually, into it. Because I was talking about this a little bit yesterday, this concept of fake news. The term fake news is on everybody's mind because Internet companies like Google, like the Google, like the Facebook, they are talking about flagging fake news and in some cases possibly blocking it. And one of the things I said yesterday is let's try to break this down into categories because there is such a thing as fake news. And I gave an example yesterday of stories that are completely made up. And I brought up two. The story, you may have heard it, about an FBI agent who supposedly killed his wife, killed himself, then set the house on fire, and he was investigating Hillary Clinton. That was fake news. That's completely made up. There's no truth to that story whatsoever. It was completely made up. They made up quotes. They made up everything else. Not a shred of truth. And I'm using that term literally. There was not a shred of truth there. I gave another example of a story where a black Donald Trump supporter was supposedly murdered after going to a Trump event. That story as well, and I've debunked that one, completely made up, no truth to it. It was a fake photo, completely made up story. Let me give another example. And this one is, so that's one end of the spectrum. That's completely made up news. And again, I don't know who would possibly defend that. And that is the legitimate, completely legitimate use of fake news. Now, let me talk about another example that I know pretty well. I'm not going to go get deep into the Pizzagate thing. That story is a bunch of BS. But let's start with one aspect that's reared its ugly head again recently. The idea that my friend and mentor, Andrew Breitbart, was murdered, and more specifically, that the coroner who did the autopsy on Andrew was murdered as well, right after doing the autopsy on Andrew. In fact, hang on one second. Let me me just play a clip of Andrew talking about me, but... By all first mention, uh, Lee Stranahan, cuddly, he's my friend. Yeah, he got thrown out of the club for reporting stories that were being suppressed. Radio Stranahan. Now, look, that was Andrew's ethic. He he liked me, uh, partially because I do report stories that are suppressed and that the media is hiding. So when I talk about fake news, I want to point out that I do this from a position of somebody. There's nobody who's been more critical than I have of the MSN, uh, the mainstream media. Nobody. Nobody. There's nobody who's been more critical of media than I have. I do it constantly. 
And there may have been people who have been as critical. But I have a theory, which is if you're going to criticize the mainstream media, you shouldn't do the things you're criticizing them for doing. Does that make sense? That's just logic to me. It's just logical not to be a hypocrite, right? So now let's get to the second category and talk about that autopsy. Supposedly, Andrew Breitbart, the coroner who did the autopsy on him, was murdered shortly thereafter. Now, that story is different than the first category. It's not completely made up. Andrew Breitbart did die. There was an autopsy. And there was a coroner who was killed who worked in the L.A. coroner's office. But that coroner had nothing to do with Andrew's autopsy. And you can see this if you look up the story of the coroner who was killed and you look up Andrew's autopsy report. This is not the person who did the autopsy on him. And there's a number of names on the autopsy report. So this is a second category that I will call half-truths, where part of the story is true and part of the story is not true. Now, the first category, if you, wanna, if you want to flag stories that are completely made up, I have no problem with that. Because those stories that are completely made up, as far as I'm concerned, they should be flagged by somebody. Somebody should say that story is completely false. But in a story like Andrew's, look, i got to tell you, as a free speech person, I question flagging that kind of story. Even though I'm adamant in telling people that story about Andrew and his coroner being murdered are BS. And here's why. If we're going to start flagging and even banning stories that are partially true, that have a shred of truth to them, right? if that's going to happen, then we're going to be banning a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of things that get banned. And that becomes problematic to me. That's a line I don't think we should be crossing. That's the danger I see there. And so when the discussion is about fake news, I'm very wary. Now, I'm in favor of pointing out when stories are half right or half wrong. And by the way, most stories really fall into this category. Now, let me give the third category. The third category is stories that are factually correct, and people can't argue with the factual accuracy of them, but they don't fit certain people's ideology. And that, I'm 100% completely opposed to doing anything, flagging, anything like that. If it's simply a matter of enforcing ideological purity, that is just nuts. That's wrong. That can't happen. And the problem I have is I have, you know, again, I'm a big believer in the integrity of media. But I also don't trust the people who want to be the ones who want to be the gatekeepers on this. Don't trust them a bit. Don't think I should trust them a bit. I think I'm smart not to trust them. So that's the danger there. Now, 
this becomes the problem because how do you then give people who are consumers of news, people who listen to the news, people who watch the news, how do you give them the information they need, make sure it's accurate, and like a lot of things, I don't think the government solution here. And again, I'm very, very wary of companies that we know have an ideology, like Google, like Facebook. I'm very, very skeptical about giving them that power. But I think it's just a buyer beware situation. That's it. Look, I try to make sure that I tell people if a story that I see being disseminated uh, incorrect. I try to let the people I know and the people who follow me, I try to give them plenty of warning and let them know, yep, this story isn't accurate. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break here, try to sign Skype, try to get back in on Skype. But in the meantime, let me play you a lovely, lovely and ominous, but I say I need to have something. And it's only the second day we've been doing this show. I need to have something I can play, and I don't. But in, So let me give you an ominous piece of vaguely Middle Eastern music just, just to hold you over. Hang on one second. 